Welcome everyone to the Naturopathic Times podcast. I am your host, Katerina Meister, joined by my lovely co-host, Stephanie Yakopidia. Today we wanted to switch up our content and give you guys real topics about things that have been on our minds, such as perfectionism, social media, and our small wins during the pandemic. Continue listening for that info, but before you do so, go, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on iTunes and give us a rate or review. It would really help us out and we'd love to hear from you. And then on to the show. Okay. Okay, so Stephanie and I really wanted to talk about perfectionism because it is something that affects us every day, especially during the pandemic, and we figured that what better place to talk about it than on our podcast. Yeah, we wanted to switch it up a little bit and talk about stuff that is just really, it's in our lives, in our daily lives, and... I'm just going to say it. It grinds our gears. <laughs> I'm going to just use that term. It grinds our gears because... Because it kind of goes along with like... So Katarina and I both really love mental health. And I just... I keep going back to... We're talking about a lot of things. But in terms of perfectionism, I think it's so like embedded in the medical school culture and then especially with naturopathic medicine because we have to like stand we're we're kind of the underdogs right in our profession and so I feel like there's this added pressure to be perfect Mm -hmm. or else it looks bad on not only you but the entire profession and your school like you're representing a lot as yeah. a student and just our profession like being becoming a doctor there's a that just attracts like I was talking with my therapist and we were just saying like how that attracts a perfect type of person mm-hmm. because they wouldn't be as organized or as determined as they were if they weren't if they didn't have that like schema of wanting to be perfect. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it attracts a specific type of person like that. What is it like type A and type B personality? <laughs> I forget like what is type A the one type that's more, like like the organized. Control? Yeah. Yeah. We're all I think we used to joke about that actually like when we first got to Bastier like everyone in our class is so type A and it's just type A energy all the time. Yeah, and type, type A is Competitive, ambitious, impatient, aggressive. Oh yeah, fast talking. Oh, oh, oh my god, yeah. Okay, Am- ambitious and aggressive. <laughs> and then type and then B, yeah. What's type B? Type B is relaxed and non-competitive. Oh my god. <laughs> but see, I feel like we have to give off that vibe too that we're like we're actually type A's, but we're like no, we're chill. Like yeah. we're we're actually type B's, like type B persona. Yeah. It's this weird, like, I have, basically, like, I have all my shit together kind of persona that you have to put on. And yeah, not in, like, a stressed out way. Like, you can't really show that you're, like, stressed or struggling on social media, you know? (laughs) Or at all. I don't know. That was another thing that we talked about Um, on this podcast. We felt like a huge pressure to sound perfect and make sure we don't, you know, mm-hmm. dig ourselves a hole. 
for our yeah. futures. Yeah. So that's kind of what started this. Yeah. Just sounding as educated as possible, but then no one talks like that. No one talks like a textbook. So that also just didn't make sense for us to like come off that way in the podcast. But yeah, it's just this internal battle that Katarina and I have been having for the longest time. But I did want to bring something up because I was doing a little bit of research on perfectionism. And I found this, well, it's like perfectionism and then doctors using social media. And this whole article was talking about how there, it was an opinion article, but it was like doctors should use social media with restraint. Mm-hmm. And then there's this guy. Um, so it says more than a century ago, Sir William Olsler. <laughs> I'm probably butchering his name, but he was like the most celebrated doctor in modern history. And he gave this lecture to medical students. And he said that doctors should be the great army of quiet workers whose voices are not heard in the streets, but who offer consolation in sorrow, need, and sickness. The best doctor is often the one who the public hears the least. Mm. And I don't know. How do you feel about that? Because it kind of made me angry. <laughs> okay, yeah. Actually. I don't want to be hear- heard the least. Um, I know. Yeah. Especially when you have that knowledge and then you're not sharing it with the world. I feel like that's kind of selfish in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. And they were going on to talk about how like now social media has so many doctors and they're all like sharing their struggles and frustrations with medicine and this and that. And um, especially like the millennial doctors are doing this whole thing. And I don't know. The article seemed like, oh, you have to like really watch what you say on social media as a doctor. But then it's like, okay, it also just humanizes doctors. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we were talking about too, where like patients come in and they see this doctor and it's almost like this doctor is not like a human being. They're like Mm -hmm. put on a pedestal, but they're still human. They just have studied medicine for a long time. Like Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember when I first started shadowing doctors and I would see them not be perfect. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh no, like they're having gluten or dairy today and they advise our patients not to eat those things. Or Mm -hmm. seeing that back then I was thinking, oh, well, they they don't follow their own advice and they're kind of hypocritical. But Mm -hmm. looking back at that now, if they were to say to their patients, maybe like, this is something that I struggle with as well. Like I know how hard it is and I'm asking you to do this and I'm still working on this myself, but it's kind of like taking yourself off the pedestal. Yeah. Coming down to wherever the patient is and just being like, I have been where you are. Or if you haven't, then you can at least say like, I know how hard this may be. Or Yeah. I really like the humanization of doctors. Like, I completely support them putting their frustrations and whatever on social media. I know there are some people that don't like that. Um, Yeah, because there's this whole thing about, like, if a doctor is a good doctor, they're not going to be on social media posting them with a glass of alcohol saying, like, 
I had a great time with friends. Like that's not something a, a doctor should do. Like there's this whole thing about yeah, what a doctor should do exactly. and what they shouldn't do. And then remember there was this whole thing where doctors were like wearing bikinis yes. on social media. What was that whole movement? I remember seeing it and being like, an article came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about female doctors not being able to wear what they want to wear or wear a bikini on social media. It was along with exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, here's here's what it says. Um, Women doctors are sharing photographs on social media of themselves wearing bikinis after a study conducted by a predominantly male team described as doing so as unprofessional. And then all of these women doctors started posting all over social media of themselves in bikinis. And then there was this one doctor who was an ER doctor who saved someone's life wearing a bikini on the beach. Mm. They got attacked by a shark, I think, and she was able to save his life. And she, there is pictures of her saving his life in a bikini. And it's like humanizing doctors. Like this doctor was literally on the beach as humans do in their free time. Yeah. And the judgment around it bothers me a lot. And <laughs> yeah, much. there's there's a thing with doctors and then there's another thing with women. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if, a, if a male did it, I don't think that they would see it as, like, promiscuous or... So the article specifically targeted female doctors? It wasn't just doctors? Yeah, it was... The study was called Prevalence of Unprofessionalism in Social Media Content Among Young Vascular Surgeons and how um, people who use social media as doctors may affect patient choice of physician, hospital, and medical facility. That's like the whole debate right now. That's like kind of what the article I pulled up was saying too, where it's like, where do you draw the line with social media? And if you're in this profession. Yeah. So like, I don't get that either because I think it's more harmful to someone. If you're a doctor and you're supporting someone's mental health, I think it's more harmful for you to look perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And this is the Brene Brown quote, actually, now that I've pulled it up, where she says, if you're not in the arena also getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. And that, it, that like, that's it right there. But yeah, I totally love that quote. People like vulnerability. People, like, need vulnerability. So I think it may shift in it being more normal yeah. for people in these professions to post whatever they want on social media and have it not get judged. Like look at a doctor as a human too. And then I think if you look at them like that, then you are able to realize that. Yeah. They're not all knowing and they may know more than you, but it doesn't make them, Mm -hmm. you should always get multiple opinions. But with social media perfectionism there, I was just thinking about, what is so like negative about social media and thinking about how we could make it more positive. And I don't even literally only thing you could do is try to be more mindful on it and realize that you're starting to feel mm-hmm. negative emotions. Mm-hmm. And then oh, like you off. actually using the social media is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that people also mindlessly follow a bunch of people, and I think it's, like, important to realize when you see someone's post, actually assess how does that post make you feel, Um, 
because I think there are mm-hmm. a lot of accounts out there that probably don't make you feel that good or they probably don't even inspire you. I don't, you're just sort of following them. Um, I don't know, do some sort of cleanup, cleanup with your, <laughs> with your social media. Or like, I was listening to this podcast about a Hollywood movie star talking about how everyone wants to take selfie with, t- selfies with them and then post them on social media and they always say like it's a false representation of what actually happened because when you're looking at that post on social media you're thinking oh they they had a nice conversation or they got to know that person when in reality yeah, they literally just took a picture so and that was it like we create these stories in our heads about their lives based I, on what they post I'm also not the biggest fan of social media and I constantly need to remind myself too that the whole thing is like a giant highlight reel of your life and obviously you're not going to feel very mm-hmm. good if you're like cuz when are you on Instagram you're not on Instagram when you're doing something really exciting and fun in your life you're on Instagram like in your bed on your couch like when you're really bored or whatever and so obviously when you're like let's mm-hmm. just say laying on your couch and you see someone in like bora bora obviously you're going to feel like shit you know <laughs> Yeah. Like, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Why does it make us start comparing our lives? Like, why does it do that? Like, why can't we just be happy for these people? Yeah, that's interesting. That's the whole point of social media. Like, they created it so that we could connect with family and friends far away. But I feel like what it's really doing is just making us feel like our lives are inadequate or worse off or better off than others. Yeah, I don't – because you're right. It it was – made I guess for us to connect with people around the world and you can still use it for that too I feel like there's definitely pros to social media and Instagram but yeah it doesn't I don't know it's it's tough it's a tough topic I don't know if we'll have an answer yeah I just thought it was funny how this article was saying it was the article was basically trying to get, give like solutions mm. to all of the negatives and it literally just said yeah. reduce your time. <laughs> just stop. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's just the best it. way. Sometimes I will actually delete the app like for a while because I, yeah, yeah. But then, just, like, yeah. Oh. I was going to say then I get like anxious like, oh no, what's happening yeah, on the right? app after I, I deleted it? That's so messed up. They're literally like hijacking our brain. It's literally hijacking your brain. That's kind of what it's doing. It's Yeah, it's literally addiction. It's how yeah. addiction works. So people are like going on these detoxes where they'll like not do caffeine. Like they won't use social media at all for like a month. And yeah, try to basically mm. bring that bar back down so that they can like feel like the joys in life again that's funny it's just funny to me that we need a fancy Mm -hmm. trend fancy detox trend just for people to realize that they need to get off these sites for their mental health but anyways so I was on my phone today and I was just scrolling through pictures and I just I just feel mentally weird because I went through all the way up to like March, mm-hmm. right when the pandemic started. And I feel like that time during the pandemic with everything 
the way it was. I think in the moment I was fine, but looking back, it was like, whoa, all that time just passed. And it's already, that was a long time. I was like, wow, that was like, I don't know. I was like looking through my pictures and I had like no pictures. Usually I'll just have like random pictures of whatever. And like that whole year, I feel like I didn't have any pictures. I feel like it's weird to judge my life in pictures, but mm-hmm. I feel like I take pictures of like the ocean or whatever I'm doing that day sometimes. And I had like no pictures. Those, those, like, yeah, six the months. year went by so quickly and it's kind of scary. <laughs> Like, what have we been doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. Everything just feels like, it just really feels like one long day. Like, since the pandemic, pretty much. That's Yeah, we're that's the eight months since March. We're almost And it's weird because you think it's like, once we wrap up 2020, no more pandemic. It's like... <laughs> Like, in my brain, I'm like, once we're done with December and we go to 2021, (laughs) everything resets, and this was just a really bad year, but it's fine because we're going back to normal, but that's not how it works. Um, So how have you been coping since the pandemic with all of this? Mm, I feel like I've actually been really conscious about making changes in my life. And part of it is definitely, I guess I could just say this. I mean, I don't think it's a big. Yeah. What are the changes? Or well, I mean, part of it, I think the biggest thing that fueled it honestly was like, okay, I just like recently went through a breakup a couple months ago and I was very codependent on my partner. And especially during the pandemic, I think it's really easy to fall into codependency with whomever you're living with at the time um yeah and so when our relationship ended it really hit me where I was like wait I like there's no codependency there's no leaning on this other person anymore it's just me and I am entirely responsible now for my happiness and so I really Mm -hmm. had to assess basically like, who am I? Because sometimes in relationships too, and I think this is coming up during the pandemic too, but people are really being forced to ask themselves like, who am I? What do I like doing? Yeah. What makes me happy? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of the changes I've made were like doing little things like I went to Ikea and I had to go alone (laughs) no one was there to like Mm -hmm. help me carry things to my car anything like that like I went to Ikea I bought like myself a tv stand and coffee table and you know had to build it on my own carry it everywhere on my own and it was it sounds little but it was like the most empowering thing ever to just do it all yourself Mm -hmm. and not be so dependent on like this other person I know it just reminds me of when I moved here and like an undergrad I was always surrounded by people Mm -hmm. and when I moved here I literally had no one and I literally went to Ikea that same thing where it was like I went to Ikea and I had to fit this huge bed frame in my car by myself and like I had to like leave my cart at the Ikea 
uh, entrance and go get my car real quick and drive it over and hopefully no one's right. stole my stuff. But yeah, that was stressful right. doing that alone. And you're forced. Yeah. Little things like that. It's kind of scary, no, like realizing that you have to make yourself happy yeah. with no one else in a way. I don't know why that's so scary, but it just mm-hmm. is. Like, Yeah, like you're entirely responsible for making yourself happy. But even when you're – I mean, I think in relationships, people do can also fall into that trap where, well, if I have a partner, like they're kind of also responsible for making me happy, and that's not true at all. You're always the only person that's responsible for your happiness. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why it's scary. I think it's like – all this maybe it's like the responsibility of it yeah I'm trying to think honestly why yeah yeah it's a good point there's something to being with people just being around people too and not feeling alone I think that's another thing that's kind of scary is like Mm -hmm. making yourself not feel alone in a way yeah that's totally something I've struggled with too and then there's also a difference between being alone and being lonely and that's been something that that's mm-hmm. like a whole new thing that I have to tackle and I'm like in it right now where it's like well you can be alone and not be lonely like they're not the same thing yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying so I was like long distance for a few years and I think during that time I was really able to deal with that like not being like I wasn't alone necessarily but I was technically Mm -hmm. alone like by myself or whatever and it like really requires you to be motivated to be independent and do things on your own because like I look back to that time and I could have done all of these things that I really wanted to do and I didn't do Mm -hmm. it and I look back at that and I'm like wow I had the time to do those things and I didn't do them because I had all of these other stigmas in my head. I could have just took a few hours out of my weekend and went on a hike. Like that was something I really wanted to do and I didn't do it. And I was, I think it was just because I was too afraid of going hiking alone. Mm. Whereas I would have been fine, like thinking about it now. Yeah. So yeah. I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. What do you think changed? Like, why are you okay with the idea of a solo hike now? I don't know what has changed, but maybe it's like seeing other people do it Mm. in my... I think it's a change of who I've been surrounding myself with too. Yeah, people that are independent. Yeah, I've been surrounded by people who are really independent and just do things on their own like all the time. And I used to be just like them like an undergrad and I think when I moved here I became really dependent on hanging out with people and becoming like dependent on anyone just hanging out with people and not feeling alone and I think yeah I think that was kind of traumatic like moving here since it was so far away from like where I'm from and yeah then- well and you didn't know anyone here when you first moved yeah. I can't imagine honestly yeah, because even in Iowa, when I went there for school, I didn't know anyone, but I was immersed in like a sorority and like all of these other things where I could always depend 
on someone to hang out with. And then I would get my fill socially. So then I could do things alone. Oh, yeah. Like fine. So I think it was like not getting enough social interaction and then not wanting to be more alone than I already was. Yeah. Well, okay. So both of us, okay. This is what I just realized Mm -hmm. though. Both of us are finally being able to be independent because we were both codependent on someone else. Yeah. And it doesn't just have to be codependency with a boyfriend. It really is with anybody, like even with friends. Yeah. Just not, Mm -hmm. just being scared to do things without someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a no way to live. (laughs) So what other positives have you been able to take away from the pandemic? From the pandemic specifically? Other than the independence thing, I feel like that was truly probably the biggest thing. But also, honestly, gratitude for the tiniest things. Like, I went to the beach by myself, (laughs) by myself, on Friday. And I was (laughs) just watching these little, you know, the birds with, like, the really, really long beaks. And they just, like, poke their beak in the sand and... I don't know what they're trying to get. They're eating something in the sand, but I was just yeah. watching them and I just, I don't, it was weird. I just like had this sense of like gratitude for like these birds being here. And like, I was like, wow, like we <laughs> exist with animals. Like that's so awesome. And being, you know, watching people enjoy surfing in the water. That was really cool. Just like this sense of gratitude for the tiniest little things because when Mm -hmm. I mean we've gone through these lockdown periods where we basically just couldn't even go outside right and some people still don't go outside and you don't realize how much you lose um when stuff like that is taken away oh yeah for sure I guess I am thinking of that and just thinking of that and that makes me like really thankful that we are still able to go on the walking paths, even though I haven't utilized them as much as I wanted to. Because when those were shut down and closed, it was like traumatizing. Yeah, it is. So I'm thankful the beaches are open still, yeah. I guess some small positives that have come from this huge shift. This, this is our, our life. life. This is the new normal. okay well this was fun i think we should do this again and until next time bye bye everyone (laughs) bye steph bye